right, all right, all right, all right. Day 227. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, uh, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see our Selves. All right, so uh, we are still in the book of Ezra in our modified uh, chronological uh, Bible plan. And remember, the book of Ezra is about the returning and rebuilding of Jerusalem, right? This is a post-exilic book. This is after the exile. The exile is up. God has uh, roused the spirit of King Cyrus to let my, my, my Jews, the Jews, my people, the Jews, come back so that they can build the house of God. And this phrase, the house of God, works on so many levels and last time we were talking about how the people of god were trying to build the literal building the house of god the temple in how they faced opposition right and so in chapter five it picks up right where we left off and it says um but when the prophets it says now the construction so this is the end of uh chapter four it says now the construction of god's house in jerusalem has stopped and remained at a standstill until the second year of the reign of king darius of persia verse one comes and says this but when the prophets haggai and zechariah son of edo prophesied to the jews who were in judah and jerusalem in the name of god of israel who was over them zerubbabel son of shealtiel and jeshua son of josedek began to rebuild god's house in jerusalem Right. The prophets of God were with them, helping them. So in other words, uh, the, 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 the building of the house of God had stopped. And we have the, uh, the prophets Haggai and Zechariah will read their books uh, in the next few days. They're speaking in here. Right. And they get the word of the Lord and bring it to the people. And so this is 16 years. Right. They took a 16 year break. Right. From uh, building the house because of the opposition they were facing and the governor of the region uh tatani he hears what's going on and a letter once again is written to king darius to inquire to see if they had actual uh persian uh um uh, uh the persian policy of the time if it allowed them to rebuild their temple and once again we see the opposition to god's work and the thing i want to say to you today is that you have to continue god's work and what god has called you to do and your community to do regardless of the opposition you receive you don't stop because of opposition you continue in spite of opposition and so haggai had reprimanded them right for using uh the opposition as an excuse right for continuing for not continuing and building god's house and building their own and so again this governor sends this letter to darius reporting verbatim what they said and basically asking him to check the royal archives to to, to see if the decree that they were allowed to build uh the temple was true and once the report gets to king darius he searches the royal archives and he says they're good to go the details of the scroll are given and in verse four it says something very interesting it said the text says um it mentions that the temple was to be funded in verse in chapter six uh by the royal treasury in other words there was a public policy in the persian empire that the house of god listen was to be funded by the persians what do we take from that? Listen, God is in the nitty gritty fam. God is in the nitty gritty of a legal ancient policy that demanded that his house be paid for. And I think we learned that the Lord, listen, is like I said last time, is at work on every level on the micro and the macro and everywhere in between his sovereign hand is in control. Right. And so Darius comes back and is like, yo, 
Absolutely. This law is still in effect. Now, what's interesting, I said this before about Persian law uh, in the book of Daniel. When, when, when the Persians enacted a law, a royal decree, it was irreversible, right? You couldn't change it. And so the Lord here is so sovereign that he has set these things up so that his people can flourish in this time. And he says, matter of fact, Darius is like, matter of fact, give them what they need in terms of wine, oil, and wheat. And why does he say all that? Because all of this was necessary for the type of Levitical priestly sacrifices and offerings that were needed for the functioning of the temple. And not only that, he invokes a type of a type of covenant curse in a sense on those that would oppose this work and that they will be punished. And so again, we learned that God is going to build his kingdom, right? Pagan kings and rulers who may seem as if they have all the power in the world can do nothing but submit ultimately to what God intends to do. And so chapter seven comes. And after another 60 years of what takes place in the last chapter, we have the person whom the book is named after coming on the scene, right? My man, Ezra. So he comes up from Babylon and the new king over the Persian empire, Artaxerxes, allows him to go back to Jerusalem, right? And it takes him, listen, four months <laughs> to get back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was roughly 900 miles, close to a thousand miles away. And back then they didn't have Nissans or Nikes, right? And so the text starts off with a genealogy of Ezra, right? It starts off with the genealogy. Why does it do that? Well, it wanted to show that Ezra's priesthood is legitimate, that it actually goes back to uh, Levi, the tribe of Levi. And remember, God had ordained the Levites uh, to, to descend or the Levites, uh, the, the tribe of the Levites, the priests to descend from the tribe of the Levites, specifically from uh, the high priest, specifically from Aaron, but the priests more generally from the Levitical line. And so not only was Ezra he comes, he's an expert in the law, the text says. It says that he devoted himself. I love this verse, Ezra 710. He devoted himself to studying the law, obeying it, and teaching it, right? All of these in the correct order. And listen, I think we can take a broader uh, ministry principle out of this. Uh, ministry, hear this, flows out of our own walk with the Lord, right? And our own reverence for his word. You I always say, man, like when it comes to ministry, when it comes to helping people know the Lord, uh, understand his word, you can't give them something you don't already have, right? Like if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, how in the world can you teach other people how to have a relationship with the Lord? If you're not studying God's word, if you don't have a reverence for God and his word, if you're not walking with and obeying the word of God. How can you call somebody else to do the same? My man Ezra is a model for ministry here. And this was important because after almost 70 years of exile, the people badly needed instruction, right? They needed this instruction on how to be faithful to Yahweh. Remember their whole society was overthrown when they were in exile. And this is important. So Ezra comes back and again, we see that uh, God is going to use his word to build up his people. He uses his word to build up his house. In other words, I think we need to remember, especially in this day and age, fam, that the, the change we want to see in the church, the change we want to see in a society, a society uh, among God's people, the change we want to see in our own day and time will not come from abandoning the word of God. It will come from actually deepening our roots in the word of God, right? It's about deepening our roots in the word, right? And verse 27, I love it because verse 27 comes uh, in, in chapter seven, 
and says this, blessed be the Lord, right? The God of our fathers who has put it into the king's mind, the CSB says, uh, literally heart to glorify the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. It's interesting because um, God here is working in the heart of this pagan king to allow his people to be restored to their own land, right? God moves the hearts even of those that don't know him. Like, that's amazing. God doesn't just, uh, uh, we, we often think of God as working in the hearts of the redeemed, and he absolutely does, no question. But God here is moving in the heart of a person that, who doesn't know him for the benefit of his people. Listen, God's hand, one of the things that the chapter is going to say over and over is that God's hand was on his people. God's hand did this. God's hand did this. Listen, God's hand reaches to places that is that are far beyond our comprehension right god's hand reaches to places that are far beyond our comprehension and my prayer today is that we would that god would give us eyes to see his hand right moving sovereignly working over history ezra 8 last chapter of this bunch what i love about chapter 8 is that ezra declared a fast such a godly man declared a fast for the people of god before he returned he's like no no, no we need to humble ourselves before the lord understanding that the only way they could make it home the only way they could make it back to where they needed to be was if they depended on him right i, I proclaimed a fast verse 21 uh by the harava river so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us, our dependence in all our processions. I love 22. It keeps going. I did this because I was ashamed to ask the king for infantry and cavalry to protect us from enemies during the journey. Since we had told him the hand of our God is gracious to all who seek him, but his fierce anger is against all who abandon him. So we fasted and pleaded with our God about this. And he was receptive to our prayer. Uh, this text just points to the trust that Ezra had in God over the sovereign over uh, of the time, right? Over the king of the time. Uh, Ezra's trust was ultimately in the Lord God, Yahweh himself. And uh, the Lord does it, right? He eventually gets them all back to Jerusalem and he brings them home. And I hope as we journey, right, spiritually, as we spiritually journey, right, to the new Jerusalem, right, to uh, the end of time, to the kingdom of God that God has built and established and promised for his people, we have to have the same hope, right, that the same God who did this for the Jews in the post-exilic period can do it for his people now, believers now around the world who are journeying towards this celestial city. My prayer is that we would live like Ezra, right? That we would live in humble dependence upon the Lord, regardless of what comes. And for him and depend on him to get us back home. Let's pray. God, we ask that we would depend on you, God. I pray that you would give us eyes to see uh, your hand in history. Lord, give us uh, the grace today uh, to depend on you, to live for you, and to live a life that is worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that we would not only uh, know your word inside and out, Lord, but I pray that we